Hey guys, welcome to episode 83 of Inside the Cage, the only and premium Scottish MMA podcast, hosted by two of the greatest minds in all of MMA. Mark, how are you? Who are you talking about? I was just lying, I was just trying to make it sound good, mate. <laughs> it does sound good though, I've got to give you that, um, it's, not, it's not far okay. after you, is it? Maybe not the two greatest minds, but meh. Yeah, you've got to try, haven't you? You've got to make yeah, you've got to be proud of yourself. Back, back yourself, back, uh, yeah, back your brain and stuff like that. And as far as I'm concerned, this is the best MMA podcast about. I may be biased, but hey. I'd agree with you, man. I'd definitely agree with you. I'm not going to issue with that at all. How's things? Hey, all right, mate. So, after football, so I got to be feeling it tomorrow again, I think. Oh, major triumphant return after doing your knee a few months back, yeah? Yeah, six months ago, now I'm back playing football, so went all right. Hopefully it'll not be too bad. As I said, tomorrow's a big test, and not it? Once you wake up tomorrow, see how it is. Funny, I'm watching you, you're quite off the pace today, I thought. That's why I kind of just sat back at times. I can't be bothered. I just kind of went, I'll just go sit here and just kind of chill and just track runners and stuff like that. And... It'll come back, man, it'll come back. You never really lose it, to be fair. You just, it's just a I never had it in the first place. No, you had it at one point. It was alright, I've done no bad, but mm. anyway, we'll get back to it, hopefully. Back to yeah. it. Scoring some goals, because my shooting was shocking today. Ah, you didn't score one. I was embarrassed, mate. It's okay, I scored a couple for you. Done alright, couple of decent finishes for yourself, good to see. Mm-hmm. Anyway, enough about our shitey five-a-side skills. Um, busy, busy episode today. Very busy. Um, we'll obviously have a look back at Watterson versus Hill from Saturday. Um, we'll do a little tiny, tiny, teensy, weensy bit on Bellator's two cards because Bellator love to fuck with us and put two on the same weekend. Um, and then we have to look forward to this the weekend. That card. And this card that has about 347 fights on it, um, headlined by possibly one of the most exciting fight night main events for a while. Maybe. Um, well, t- on, on paper, on paper, but yeah, we'll talk about that later. Uh, and then, obviously, usual, we'll go through a wee bit of news at the end, hopefully, time time willing, you know. So, first off, then, Watterson versus Hill, UFC Fight Night 177, UFC on ESPN Plus 35, UFC Vegas 10, again, from the Apex, uh, headlined by, you know, the strawweight bout between Michelle Watterson and Angie Hill. What did you think? We spoke about this last week. We weren't that buzzed about this card at all. And the main event was leaving a lot to be desired, to be honest. And we were a bit like, and I even said last week at one point, they're just firing too much UFC now. The skis are break for a week, just a week. We've got such a busy, amazing lineup of cards that have been that bad just to give us a week yeah. without UFC. I think we kind of like we didn't. We just we kind of skipped over this a lot last week. We didn't really look at it much at all. There was some decent fights on it. Obviously, we lost a few in the in the last week in the build up to it. Um, but yeah, I don't think we gave this much hope. But, no, but it far and away outweighed our expectations by a country fucking mile. Possibly Michelle, one of the most, one of the most opposite from what you would expect cards. You know what I'm saying? Like with, with a few where you and I have kind of rubbish, not rubbish the card. We said, ah, I'm not really that buzz, not really that fussed, and it's been amazing. This was probably one of the worst ones because we properly didn't sell this at all. And to nothing be for us, nothing stood out for us. There was the odd guy in it. You go, right, I look forward to seeing him, but nothing really stood out. And you go, oh, that's got to be a cracker. That's got to be a belt. I cannot wait for that. Uh, but what do we know? Because Michelle Watson versus Angie Hill was one, Paul Bargy, one of the best female fights ever. 
I can oh, it was. It was, it was unbelievable. Amazing. It really it was. Didn't, a it wasn't fight. like it wasn't like a war like um, JJ and Wei Li Zhang, but this was just two girls on a, a an amazingly good level. I, I was just I me. Mean, I I was I wasn't surprised because they're obviously very good fighters, and Angie Hill's been on a bit of a tear. Watterson's always had that kind of ability. Um, the way this fight panned out first round was exactly what Angie Hill said it was going to be. Angie Hill said that Michelle Watterson was going to stay at range and pick her off and Angie Hill was trying to knock her head off. That's basically what Angela Hill said and all week saying this was going to happen. She's going to stand, she's going to pick me off but I'm going to go in and knock her head off. Okay, turned out it didn't work like that but that's what the first round was. Angie Hill was trying to knock Michelle Watterson's head off. Um, that's, exactly, that's what she does. That's what, that's what that's her main thing, isn't it? She yeah, wants to go to the street and bah, fuck it, you your hands and she did, she tried to really smash Michelle, but Michelle I thought was good too often for the takedown as well. She was just determined to get this bloody takedown. And yeah. it started to man not in at some point, because it's known as if she's not a bad striker. She's a very good striker. She doesn't set up the takedown at all either. That's the thing. Like no. takedowns were really, really our takedown attempts were really poor. Like I know that Michelle Watson has a good ground game, but it seems to be only when it's on the ground. Getting them to the ground's almost really it seemed difficult for her. Okay, you could say there's a bit of Angie Hill's um, defence in that as well but I mean half the time Watterson didn't even get near her she would dip her head and put her arms out to try and grab her legs and she'd be absolutely nowhere near mate do you know what I mean so um, yeah it was a strange one but it was a class fight mate it was brilliant Probably fight from start to finish um, Angie Hill obviously won the first round just by pressure and I'll try to go out and basically knock her out I think Watterson probably just there just saying for me as well yep. Watterson won the third easily mm-hmm. fourth this is maybe where I think it was the fifth or the fourth. I think two of them, fourth fifth. and the fifth were close. The fifth, the fifth was definitely close. I had I had Watterson three one after four. That was my thoughts as well. But I've seen a lot of people saying it was two each going into the last as well. So yeah, there's obviously people were seeing other different things that we weren't seeing. But it was it just showed you the class. It showed you showed you the depth of women's strawweight division as well. You've got two girls, one at eight, one at thirteen, putting on a fight like that. First time, Hanji Hill for. First um, African-American female to headline a card. There's a lot of pressure there, probably, on her shoulders. Mm-hmm. She put in a brilliant performance. Michelle Watson's obviously headlined before, but there's still pressure on them to step up after just being announced for like a week's notice, right? You're headlining this card next week. And for the two of them to go and put a performance on like that, it showed the depth of the division. And it showed that female MMA has come on so much in the last couple of years. When you think you've got an, eight, an eighth-ranked last and a 13th-ranked girl performing like that, Shows you the depth, and it's absolutely brilliant to see. It's really, really uh, good to see. By far the fight of the night as well. Like by far, like it was, it was so above anything else we've seen on the night. I okay, you can say you know the knockouts were class or whatever, and the submissions. But as an actual MMA fight, you know, as like it was honestly, by, I honestly by a mile, mate, it was the best thing on the whole card. It was tremendous. Well, hats off to both girls. I don't think it hurts Angie Hill that much, to be honest. It maybe just curbs her momentum a wee bit. Only thing I would say is, is that not is that her on the back of two losses, or did she win after Gadelia? No, but she had a split decision last time as well, did she not? Uh, against Gadelia. Um, so that'll be tough. That'll be tough for her to take two split decisions. But then again, split decisions mean it was close. It does nothing for. It does nothing, you know, bad for her. I mean, it, okay, it's disappointing. I get that, but. I honestly don't think that performance will really affect her too much. It'll obviously, even then, I don't even think it puts Watson ahead much. To be honest, I genuinely no. believe there was there was definitely more at stake here for Angie Hill than there was for Michelle Watson. And well, no, maybe I don't mean that. I mean like 
going forwards, there was more at stake. There was obviously more left. I mean, Michelle Watson losing to Angel would probably have brought Michelle down a bit. But in terms of Michelle Watson won't go anywhere north of where she is at the moment. Do you know what I mean? Whereas, no, I can't see it, to be honest. But I, I agree with you there. She's not going to go anywhere. So I think at the end of the interview she done with Bisbing, she called out... Um, well, she's never called them down. She just said to whoever's next for the title, I want them first type thing. As if she wanted to take a living out. And it's like, well, I don't. no. No offence, Michelle, but you're no... No offence to Andrew Hill either. Beating Andrew Hill doesn't get you a, a shot at an eliminator for me. You've still, she still needs another fight. And she needs to go and beat somebody else to get that eliminator shot. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, you look at um, Michelle Watterson's obviously... We had a wee bit up and down the last few fights as well, though. To us, she's back on two losses, and then obviously beat Angie Hill. So, like, and you look at the two people that beat her, your Jacek and Esparza are both ahead mm-hmm. of her. Do you know what I mean? So, if she can't beat the two girls, two of the six girls that are ahead of her, then she shouldn't really be calling out for a shot. There's loads of people in line to get a shot at Zhang. We've been talking about Tatiana Suarez. I'm pretty sure you and I said Tatiana Suarez would be the strawweight champion last Christmas, and I'm pretty sure this start of this year we said she'd be the champion this Christmas, and she's still not even fought anybody in that division yet. So I, I mean, feel like it's been injuries with her, because honestly, she just, she's sensational, but I've just, we've not seen her fight for God knows how long. It's just one annoy of those, me, to be honest. It's just one of those ones. But that's, that's my point, though. That's what I'm saying. It's like, there's so many people up front of Michelle, which is a shame, but it is what it is, do you know what I mean? Maybe if maybe maybe Suarez has been out for so long, maybe that kind of fight. Because the last time Suarez fought was June last year. Mm. So her being out for that long, maybe a, a fight against Michelle Watterson would be a good comeback fight for her. Yeah, yeah. Maybe something. Maybe that's not actually a bad shout because with Suarez been out for so long, she would need a fight and then a fight to get her title shot as well, I reckon. So um, it makes the strawweight division a wee bit interesting. She sticks her name in there. Obviously, Joanna's probably not anywhere near a title shot again, I don't think, anytime soon. I'd be surprised. Well, she fought. She just fought for it, didn't she? Yeah. Rose is obviously going to fight Wheelie now. Um, then Tatiana. Gedalia, she just beat Angie Hill as well. So where's that? Where's Gedalia? Does she need to fight Tatiana Suarez so maybe to get an next shot? It's... It's an interesting division. There's a few kind of fights there to make that would kind of make Is things. Is the Zhang now in his fight be made yet? I don't think it's an official date. I think they are talking the end of the towards the end of the year, but I can't remember seeing an official date to be honest. Mm. We need to have a look. Mm. Interesting, interesting. But yeah, class fight between two really good fighters, mate. And as you said, it totally shows how good that that strawweight division is from all the divisions well I say all all but one of the women's divisions are really thriving um, the one four fives aren't really thriving which is a shame there isn't any that's why uh, there's like one there's another one making a debut this weekend actually but we'll get the hell later alright nice um, quite a lot on this card um, to be fair um, 12, 12 fights so a lot to go through anything sticking out like anything obviously we know we normally do it in order but I think we should talk about things that are you know you want I, to talk about fresh I, in the mind I think the biggest thing to talk about is the fact that uh, Mike Rodriguez got absolutely done by the referee yeah um, well not necessarily not necessarily by the referee you get done by Ed Herman no but, Ed, but if I was Ed Herman I wouldn't have admitted that that's the referee's decision to make that call Head yeah. members are going to stand up and go, wait a minute, ref, I didn't get hit in the boss. You see when yeah. players football and they, they, get pen, they get taken down in the box, they're taken down and they never actually get touched and they get the penalty and they score. 
So, I don't have anything wrong with what Ed Herman done. He played the game. Eventually, yeah. somehow, he won. I still don't understand how he won the fight in the end. But um, it was a great, great finish. But he should never have won this fight. Mike Rodriguez should have had a, a TKO in the second round because um, Chris Tonyoni went it. Totally made an up more than James Hunter us. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it's a bad thing. So, like, my, I posed this question to you earlier on. If you are the Las Vegas Commission and you're watching that back and you're reviewing the fights, do you overturn that? Can they? Well, I don't know. That's what I'm asking. I See, don't, I the, don't pro- know. the problem is, I don't think you can. I don't think they will. Um, yeah, I know Head Herman was really badly hurt. It was a really, really bad TKO. I still think they would have had to maybe have been a couple of punches to finish him for Chris Tonyoni to go, that's it, game over. If he'd seen it as a knee to the chest, which it was the chest, it was even the buzz. It was never near his buzz. Which made it even worse for me. Um, I can't see him overturning it. I don't think he was completely finished. I think if he was out, but he can't be out because obviously he's no, I don't think it will overturn. I just don't think it will happen. I'd be surprised. So, like, he's um, Dana White's been pretty savage about it. Yeah, I was reading that earlier on the day. He's really um, passed off, isn't he? Um, using the why no why we're not using the replays why we're not going to look at anything. Yeah. I think maybe maybe eventually. I know we've got VAR in football. Maybe eventually we've got to have something like that and fine. Somebody said watching going out by go ref, yeah, that wasn't a thing. See my point, right? My point about the replay, right? As Brendan Fitzgerald said, the replays for fight ending sequences only, right? So you can only look at it after the fight's been finished. So you wave it off after the submission. There's nothing in Chris Tonyoni's mind that says that wasn't a low blow a round and a half ago because it was in it wasn't wasn't in the same round, was it? No, it was the second round was the blow the, the low blow, and then the third round was the finish. I'm saying so. It was like I mean, this what would what would honestly have possessed you to go back three four minutes into the fighting time and check that there's nothing. I, I, see if, no, see but if why? I, why is there not somebody there going, Chris? You fucked up there, mate. That wasn't a low blow. He could have I finished that fight. When the judges are sitting looking at it, I, when the judges are, or when they get the de- when Bruce Ruffer's saying a decision, somebody should be saying, listen, you need to look at that that thing. But then again, the replays for fight ending situations, and that wasn't the fight ending situation. But that could have been a fight ending situation. It could have been, mate. But what my it point should is, have been a fight ending situation. I agree, hundred percent. It's cost me Rodriguez money. It's cost him a place and going up the ranking, not rankings as such, but in the kind of roster where he is within that division. Because oh, he was Mike. a guy on a tear. He was a guy going towards that rankings and going looking for a, a ranked fight for me. Um, so I think that's, this is a massive blow to Mike Rodriguez for something that the referees made an ass of. Them. Um, Dana White's given him the win bonus. Has he given him the win bonus? That's good then. I never knew that. I never heard that. That's brilliant. I'm glad to hear that. Um, yeah, it's. Um, I don't know whether this is maybe something to look at. They need to have a referee on. I mean, I presume there's referees. There is referees at the side, obviously, because there's four different referees, but one of them should be monitoring that. And maybe sure they should the commission be. Commission should be looking at that. I thought commission's going to be there, aren't they? The Nevada Commission, Athletic Commission's got to be there going, ref, you fucked up there, that wasn't it? It's got to be like I mean during during that I mean during the however long two or three minutes that Ed Herman carried on his buzz or so, um, somebody should have went, eh, Chris, mate, come over here, like, come here, like that, look at this, and then I mean, then again the other argument would be in that situation technically right, 
that wouldn't have been a TKO because Mike Rodriguez didn't get a chance to finish that. Head Herman went down with a body shot, but it would have taken another couple of shots for Tonyoni to step in, in my opinion. Yeah, it would have done, but at that point, see if 30 seconds, like Ed Herman, what did Herman go with? Four minutes, maybe? See, we had done it for four minutes because the referee thought it was a low blow, so you get four minutes to recover. Yeah. See, if it's in 15, 20 seconds, a referee decided the octagon went, by the way, Chris, that wasn't a low blow. Get him up and get him fucking fighting. If he can't fight, it's fight over. Yeah. Yeah. That's what should have happened at that point because why? Why he didn't deserve four minutes to recover because he got four minutes to recover for what could have been a TKO. They definitely have to change the replay rule. They definitely have to change it because somebody has to inform the referee. It's as you say, it's like VAR. You let it continue, and then if the referee goes, "Oh fuck, signal for VAR," hold on, that guy just punched him in the face. That's a red card, or that was actually offside. You know, you could you could have an offside just over the halfway line in soccer, football, whatever you want to call it. The guy runs the full length of pitch. You're talking a good thirty seconds, forty seconds later, he buries the ball in the top bin, goes away and celebrates, and then they bring it back. So there's plenty of time to do it. Straight away, somebody watching that replay. In fact, I'm pretty sure Bisbing and Fitzgerald were like, that wasn't a low blow straight off the bat. So somebody watching that, you knew it wasn't a low blow. Even Mike Rodriguez' reaction straight away went, I didn't have. Went I know. He and knew then, straight away. And then, the, uh, and then even watching it, I was like, I didn't see a low blow. I was, usually it's because you miss it. Everything happens so quickly. It's hard to watch, you know, it's hard to watch hands and feet and knees for both guys. It's hard to watch fucking six things, 12 things at one time. It's impossible. So I just thought I'd missed it. And then I seen the replay and went, wow. Wow, that, man. He, dro- he dropped on me because it was right in the liver. It was a perfect knee, man. The knee was, was a, absolutely perfect. It was a sensational knee to finish the fight if he'd got the Because he went down. He cut Ed went down, covered up straight away, cut off punches. Rodriguez, I walked out of there, happy with Larry. Obviously got his win bonus, which was good, but he'd have been he'd went up for a performance tonight as well for me, that's the thing. Yeah, no, totally agree. Bizarre, no. mate, bizarre, bizarre. I'd like to see what the commission do. You've seen them overturn results before because of certain things. Like, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if it gets overturned because it should have been. I don't see think was, they'll give it they'll not give it to Rodriguez. They'll just make it a no contest. See if it was the other way about mm-hmm. and Rodriguez had nutted him or had need him in the balls. Mm-hmm. And then the referee called it as a win for Rodriguez. Yeah. What would have happened then? Same thing. They would probably, I reckon, they'd overturn it as a no contest. So I just don't know what the difference is. I just. They can't. But then again, if if if, if Tony only waves it off as a TKO and the guy gets kneed in the balls, that's wrong. It's the same yeah. thing. It's the same thing. So if it gets reviewed and they decide to reverse it, it'd be the same if it was the other way about. They can't reverse the decision, so they can't give Mike Rodriguez the win. Because Mike Rodriguez didn't win. Okay, Mike Rodriguez need him in the gut and he went down like a fucking you exactly. know, house of cards, right? And he folded up like a deck chair. But he, he wasn't out. It wasn't a TKO finish, mate. It wasn't finished yet. So they cannot win. But what they could do is take the win off of Ed Herman. No, I, I know they're not going to give Mike Rodriguez the win, but I just, I, I, to be fair, I don't even think it makes a difference now. Even, nah. take, even taking the one half Ed Herman, what's it doing? Nothing. Nah, doesn't make a difference to make Rodriguez anymore. That's the thing. So nah, if, Dana, if Dana White says it doesn't matter, then that's what cares because he's the boss at the end of the day. Listen, he makes the decisions. So. After saying all of that, fair play for Ed Herman to you know, use the time, recover, and then bend Mike Rodriguez's three ways past Sunday that shouldn't be bending that way. I mean, I was just like... Fair play Mike Rodriguez, by the way. took the pain for a while. I went, I don't want a thing here. Eventually, he must have just went, oh, fuck it, man. As soon as the light came over his head as well, that was that. 
other tap straight away, man. I looked up, see when it was away up his back, I was like, oh, fuck, that must be sore. And then it went, and then it, it was like out to the side and twisted, and I was like, nah, man, that's just, that's just no cool. That's just no cricket, man. That's just right. But fair play to Terman, man, for taking his opportunity. On the thoughts, of the, on the, the kind of thing of the referee, that's like a few bad ones he's had. Yeah, he's no been great recently, has he? Um <sighs> I know I I'll be surprised if you see him again. No. I think um, Dana's very scathing. He's very peed off. I think he'll happily just turn around and tell Chris Tognoni that, um, mate, you're done. Mind uh, what happened to Mario Yamazaki, remember? Uh-huh. No. We've not heard anything from Mario Yamazaki ever since Dana basically said he's not going to ref in the UFC ever again. Dana doesn't hang about. When Dana wants something done, I want to get rid of somebody that's done. That's it. And you'll never see Chris Tony, Chris Tione fight. Uh, sorry, referee in our UFC match. I'd be very, very surprised. Yeah, that's true. Right, quickly through anything else on this card then. Um, good performances tar- or good fights, good performances. We've well, got good performances. First, as a tar- brilliant knockout, uh, sensational. The guys just power for days, man. It really has. Um, body green, Bobby. Body green. Bobby Green, um, rolling back, not rolling back years, so that's the wrong word. He's getting better as the years go on. Yeah, he's using his experience, using his head, and it's just, he's brilliant. I think he's absolutely brilliant, he really is. I love him. I love Bobby Green. I love watching Bobby Green. There's a wee part of me that wishes he'd knocked Alan Patrick out, though. He's so ah, good yeah. of man. That last minute, he could have knocked Alan Patrick out. Um, I, I would have loved to have seen a KO in for Bobby Green. But Bobby Green, he comes across, like, you think he's this pure old guy, but he's not. He's 34. Um... He's only getting better. He's always had the tools. It's just more about whether he's his mental mind, his mental state and stuff like that. And honestly, this was a totally different fight. That's, that guy's a legit threat, man, to that top 15, tell me. Definitely. He's got everything, mate. Me. He's got absolutely everything. So, yeah. definitely. Um, other good performances. Kevin Croom in his debut beating Roosevelt Roberts. Roosevelt Roberts is a shadow of what he was previously. Um, but fair play to Kevin Croom coming out and getting the fastest um, finish in lightweight history for a debutant. Aye. I was going to say, not in you. Yeah. I missed debut, that, Barry. I missed that, It was unbelievable, man. But then again, it's basically what we said. Remember a few months ago, Justin James, it was the same thing. Um, You know, take your chance. Kevin Croom was called up like on a day's notice or something, mate. So, you know what? Go in, start fucking swinging and see what happens. Obviously, That's it was right, a guillotine choke. It was a choke in the end. But, I mean, it was a, it was a class guillotine. It was like a, an inverted guillotine. It was beautiful, man. Uh, it was lovely, mate. I thought it was a crying finish. What about, uh, what about King Kong? I, I mean, I was impressed, but I'm more impressed with Rocky Martinez taking what I would have said was like a hundred unnecessary fucking shots, man. I did see after the first couple of ground and pound, I did just went to the referee, mate. Nah, I'm done. Fuck this. He's basically going fair, to do this. He's going to do this to me for three rounds. It's just not happening. But fair play, to Rocky Martinez. I thought his defence in the ground was really good. He kept his guard up. He was always moving. He said he'd no Stalling. idea how he got up. He was never going to get up. Oh, no. All he could do was actually stand there, keep his guard up, and just try and move his head and his top of his body as much as possible and I thought he'd done really well I think even though Romanov did throw like 4,000 punches probably not even three. half of them actually connected three landed that was it just three <laughs> that's what he needed um, I mean don't get me wrong Romanov's a scary prospect because he loves I mean ah, there's nothing more satisfying than watching a guy getting taken down and then somebody sitting on top of him and smashing fuck at them I'm all for jiu-jitsu I'm all for submissions mate but 
take down to ground and pound is my all-time favourite thing in the whole world. It's just a beautiful thing to watch. I'm going to sit on top of you and I'm going to elbow you in the face. It's even better at one point because he was literally sitting on him as though he was a fucking chair. He was double hammer fist. That was the one that got me. It was a double hammer fist. That was amazing. Just, just, it was like pure, it's like something you see a child do when they're unhappy, they get their toys and they go, I mean, it was just amazing, mate. Absolutely class. I've been trying to see where he goes now and who goes fights because I think he needs, he needs to fight somebody decent to see what his levels are because obviously he's got a really good record. So I'll be interested to see what happens with him. What about um, the, the, the daylight robbery of Sabina Matso? Really? She was losing that 30 27, mate. Well, she had it 1 1. Nah, I don't think so, mate. I don't think so. Maybe just, maybe just 1 1. Kish was, I mean, Kish was winning that fight 29 28 at least for me. She was winning that fight and Matso. After the first round, mate, Matso just fell apart. She just, I don't know, I was just, I love Sabina Matso, I think she's quite good. She's tall, she's rangy, I like her at flyweight, she's really, really good. And Justine Kish is quite, they're quite contradict, con, uh, contrasting styles, but I, bro, <laughs> fucking amazing, man. What a funny show, man, the head kicked oh. to then jump the back and just go right here. And she changed her arm like three or four times, she kept changing it, so Kish didn't have a clue what one to defend against, and all of a sudden, boom, slipped it in, behind the head, boom, game over, that's it. Game's a bogey. That was that, man. I um, as you say, she maybe was their best performance. But if you can win without performing, great. Sign a good fighter, surely. What about like? Obviously, we said Waterson and Angie Hill was by far the best thing on the card and deserved fight of the night. Had that not been as good, Roxanne Modafferi versus Andrea Lee would have been fight of the night because that was absolutely class as well. That was a really good fight, mate. It was a cracking fight. Um, again, two girls showing the the levels that um was in that kind of. Within the divisions of the MMA, UFC, yeah, within female MMA. Um, Grand fight, Andrea Lee. For me, I think Andrea Lee won it. Maybe just, I think the takedown, very, that's the takedown with like two minutes to go by Moda Ferry, one other fight, basically. But she up until that point, I thought it was 1 0 going into the third, then Andrea Lee dominated the first two or three minutes of that third round, then a knockdown, yeah. uh, a takedown. You're like, oh, for fuck's sake, man. They won, I just, I thought it was a shit way to win a fight as well. It's, I don't know. I just think it's very happy with it. It seems a bit shit. The, 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 see, the thing that gets me about this card, right? Obviously, I know Watson Hill. Watson Hill on paper is probably a bigger fight than Modafferi versus Lee. But Modafferi versus Lee, they're ranked closer together. You know, it's yeah. top two top teners. So your argument is why are they not? Why should they not have headlined the fight tonight? Do you know what I mean? But I get Angie Hill was in a bit of a tear. She's a bit of a name. So is Watson, I get that. But. Um, to be honest, mate, I don't think there was anything bad on this card. There's always something. Um, I would have, I don't know, like Serge Rubanks versus Julia Villa. That was, was probably the worst thing on the card. Um, the 10-8. Billy Quarantino looks really good, man. He done really, really well to come out against Kyle Nelson because Kyle Nelson came out with the power in the first round. And Nothing just... better than a, a punch knockout, mate. Like, and it was the way he kind of staggered and then just like fell down. It was like, oh, it was amazing, man. Oh, it was class, amazing. man. It really was. Um, just thinking for Jalen Turner. Obviously, Jalen Turner stepped in kind of late notice. Yeah. The fight brought Weaver. And I, I just thought he was brilliant. I really did. I, th- I think he, he looks really, really good. He's lengthy. He's rangy. He's, I think he's just superb. I really like Jalen Turner. I'm looking forward to see where he goes going forward. I really am. Mm-hmm. Um, we're good to see him next. I, I think Brock Weaver's done to be honest. I'd be surprised to see Brock Weaver again. Do you know what I was confused, right? Jalen Turner was supposed to fight last week, right? So, why was this at catchweight? Because they put weight on, 
Yeah, I'm not. I don't know. I just think that's a bit strange. I can only think. Obviously, if if you're calling somebody up at a day or two's notice, let's be honest. The first fight you called off last week, where was the first place he's going? He's in Vegas for fuck's sake. Aye, casinos. Casinos, food. Good, fill yourself up again. You get a call. Um, fucking say a Thursday, Thursday morning. Right, Jalen, you still in town? I'm still in town. Right, well, uh, you got a fight Saturday if you fancy it. Who against Brock Weaver? Oh, that's fine, but I've been kind of stuffing my face. I can maybe lose. He might, for the length of him, he's maybe losing 20 or 30 pounds. Yeah. To get it's down. A, it must be a big cut to lightweight for Jalen Turner. Uh-huh. Whereas if you, if Bibby turns in and went, look, we'll make it 165, you maybe only got to lose 10, 15 pounds overnight, basically, within two days, which is yeah. not a lot to lose. Um, it maybe made things a wee bit easier for him to take the fight. So, um, fair play to him, though, for taking the fight and getting the win at it, because I thought it was really good. Yeah, overall, class class night. Um, obviously, um, Hope Match Nell is doing okay. Um, I haven't heard, I don't think we've heard anything about him yet. Obviously, he was kind of um, having issues with his weight cut and stuff like that, and sounds like it was pretty nasty, so hopefully he's all right. Um, but yeah, a, a class card, mate, like brilliant. Um, no issues with the bonuses either. The bonuses were one point this week, so... No, it was a really, really good card, as you say, and there's, there's no issues with bonuses or anything like that, so... The card surprised me, but I'm happy it did. Yeah, probably one of the better cards I've seen in the last few weeks, to be fair, mate. Overall, yeah, as an overall fun. card. As an overall card, it's probably one of the best of the year so far, to be honest. Yeah, it was remember good. remember that really event of the year, part of, you know. Right, no. so we've got two Bellator cards, but we're going to just... We're, we're not really going to talk about the first one. Um, it was more about, you know, ex-UFC legends... The top two fights are Leoto Machida and Kat Zingano in them. Two UFC vets. I mean, Zingano came out and said her performance was crap and she can do better, and Machida got pumped. So. Machida didn't get pumped. He got beaten a spot decision, for fuck's sake. What I've seen, it looked a bit shit, to be fair, but I mean, it could just be the age of the guys. Um, They're getting older, but I know it was a bit of a kicking battle. This was basically a fight to see who's going to go and fight um, Nemkov into This was a. Kind of title eliminator, so obviously Phil Davis, Phil Davis came out with a win, so I'd imagine he's going to go out and fight um, Nemkov now for the for the title. So his his picture on um, topology is terrifying. It's a bit weird, isn't it, Long? Terrifying. Um, um, before we move on, to, obviously you want to talk about uh, Archuleta versus Patrick Max. I was going to say you want to talk about Raymond Daniels versus Peter Stanonic. Oh my God, mate! Um, I implore anyone who listens to this. Even if you don't like Bellator, you've never watched Bellator in your life, you hate it, you don't like the idea of it, you're all about UFC. As a man, as a human being, <laughs> go and watch this just so you can feel sorry for Peter Stanonic. Because honestly, Raymond Daniels is a world-class kickboxer, right? Absolute world-class kickboxer. And the power he gets in, spinning kicks, is unbelievable. It is frightening. Now, the first one, was a total misjudgment of height. He totally lost the height with Peter Stanonic and he hit him fucking clean. I mean clean right in the nuts. Cut probably with Fardy's nuts right up into his stomach. It was horrific. You seen the agony that was in Stanonic's face. He eventually recovered. He took basically the full five minutes to recover because they needed it. Honestly, the doctor was in and everything. He was really, really in pain. It was a shocker. And then the fight restarted. And within 30 seconds, Raymond Daniels decides, I'm going to get the same spinning heel kick. And what does he do? Bang! 
right into the nuts of Peter Stanonic again. Unbelievable. Now, it wasn't as bad the second time because Peter Stanonic was trying to throw a bit of a jump kick type thing. So he was yeah. like in midair. So there was a wee bit of air in it. So when Raymond Daniels connected with him the second time around, it wasn't really his fault. He was obviously trying to aim higher, but if Stanonic jumps, you can't really do anything about that. It's hard to, obviously, because you're doing a spinning back kick. You know, the guys don't mind you because you're turned the other way. But the agony, the pain, the screaming that Peter Stanonic did in this that that uh, that fight when he kicked for the second time was frightening. I actually felt sorry for him, man. I'm literally sitting there. I think he started crying at one point, mate. Honestly, yeah, he stretched out like crying. I mean, as well. Did you see, he get what he get diagnosed in the hostel. You are. My bad. Um, he got diagnosed with um testicle concussion or something. I, I'm not surprised. I'm I right. No need to go fucking mining for his nuts after that, mate. <laughs> mining. <laughs> no need to open his stomach up and try and push them back down because, oh mate, honestly, it was just it was a power that Raymond Daniels got into the speeding hill kits. It was it was frightening, mate. It really was, and. For Pierce, they don't even to go up after the first one. I actually thought the first one was that. I thought they were just going to call it after the first one. But for it then to happen again, um, it was frightening. That's mental, man. That's mental. It was absolutely frightening. And as I say, if you're a man and you want to feel pain, or you want to feel somebody else's pain, and you want to look at somebody being in pain, watch this. Because, oh, oh, I can still, oh, I can still hear the screams, honestly, mate. That's mental, man. And it's never nice to see like a, a a fight end in a no contest because of accidental low blows, man. Like that's just mental. Do you know the funny thing was that was the second one of the night in Bellator. Was it? Tyrell Fortune fucking smashed Jack Main and that's earlier on the night. I've not seen that one, so I don't know how it went, but um, I seen that ended in a no contest as well because of low blows. So I'm having to try and catch that to see how bad that was as well. Yeah, honestly, I. Um, as a man, you need to watch it. Now, if you're watching, what? go and watch it, man. I've not seen it myself, but I need to have a look, man, because I've heard it's really, really bad. So, but The only real reason we wanted to talk about Bellator this weekend was because we have a new um, bantamweight, yeah, bantamweight world champion and Juan Arcaleta. Now, I'm a massive fan of Juan Arcaleta. Any guy who's got a, a record of 25 and 2... Um, is good in my books. Um, obviously, he better lost. Better than good, mate. That's the thing. He is better than good. I know. I know. Um, yeah, class, mate. Like, absolutely class fight. And um, by all accounts, um, he was tremendous. Although, it, it seems like, you know, Patchy kind of led the dance a wee bit and kind of forced, the, forced the, the pace. But I think Juan just basically pieced him up for five rounds. Yeah, well, I think kind of early oh, on, I think, I think Max was getting a bit of um, joy earlier on. I think as soon as Juan Arcalera, the Spaniard, decided to start dealing with things and be able to sort things out, and he just basically took Patchy Max to school, I think, in the end, to be honest. Um, I'm really happy for Juan Arcalera, as you say. I really like him as well. It's, it's, he's a cracking fighter. He's really, really good to watch. So um, I'm buzzing from him. I'm interested to see if he goes and fights um, uh, the Horiguchi, the rising champion. Yeah, the guy who well he did have the belt and then dropped it because injury didn't he? So yeah, he's supposed to have it. He's supposed to get a rematch. So I think him versus Horiguchi will be an absolute cracker of a fight if it happens. 
a few. You might even have Darren Caldwell come back, don't you? Um, Bantam to take a shot as well. So maybe yeah, never know. He all stepped up, so here's no we'll see. Here's home, but yeah, Naiman Gracie as well extended his um by his kind of record by heel hooking John Fitch, which is no mean feat by the way, because John Fitch is a, a pretty much a legend in that as well. To be fair, well he was. He's now retired. He retired after the fight. Did he? Ah, uh, that's undone, my man. 40 fights, 40, well, 40 fights and out of the game, that's him. Put the gloves at the end of the, end of the fight and finished it. Probably about time, to be honest. He was, he looked, he looked done, to be honest. He looks that kind of way where he's just, just no go there anymore, man. He's 42, do you know what I mean? So. Yeah, he's had a lot of good fights against a lot of good guys, man. You know, he's fought like Damien Meyer, Eric Silva, Johnny Hendricks, BJ Penn, Thiago Alves, Ben Saunders. And these are just, na- like, he's George St. Pierre. He's fought all these amazing Amazing guys, like honestly, it's amazing. Um, one of the best of the best, mate. He really has. It's a game, Matt. He has fought some of the best of the best fighters out there ever. He took Rory McDonald to a draw, although that's when Rory McDonald was shite. So, Mithray's funny, Tom. Yeah, all right. So, now, jeez, oh, man, I feel as if this is going to take us an hour just to review this bloody card, but um, now we're going to have a look forward to this Saturday and a very, very exciting, very, very stacked UFC fight night from the Apex. Again, Covington versus Woodley. Oh, this is tasty, mate. On paper, this is tasty, but then it just depends which Tyron Woodley turns up. Well, that's is my point. I was trying to make it. I was going to make kind of earlier on and why you are obviously saying, oh, it's a, it's a great, it is a great fight on paper. It's an absolute sensational fight on paper if Tyron Woodley turns up. I don't know who's been turning up in his players recently, but it hasn't been Tyron Woodley. So, um, I, I don't think at any point at some like when you were watching Tyron Woodley's champion, they went he over record a nineteen and five at some point. Yeah, I know. Like he said, quite a f- obviously he said, but I think he's lost about three his last five or something. And he's no, what is it? Oh, he's not yeah, lost his last two. It burns and isn't. I thought it was Merlin that. I was eighteen and three when he fought Till. Aye. Um, so, I expected him to dominate after that and just continue winning and doing what he was doing and it never obviously happened and Usman took up to school then he lost to Burns decisively as well and to be honest, I'd be very surprised if Covington doesn't come out here and just absolutely arse him. I think it's going to be wrestling heavy but then Woodley's a good wrestler as well, mate. So He has been, he never shows it. It's because he never really needs to, to be fair. He's got that fucking right hand. It's like a fucking bazooka, man. Like, just... I think I think his last couple of fights kind of maybe show part of the reason why, um, for me, would will lose on Saturday. You think he's lost against Usman, he's lost against Burns too. I know Burns is a bit different because Burns kind of was really, really good with the hands as well on the night. But He's a good grappler as well. Usman, obviously a very good grappler, and Covington is a tremendous grappler as well. So right. I'll be surprised if Tyron Woodley wins this fight, but you never know, as you say, he's got heavy hands, so anything's possible. Yeah, that's true. And again, Kobe doesn't mind a scrap, so you never know, man. You never know. It just takes one. I just one. hope it's as, I hope it's a cracker. I just hope it's as good as we hope it is going to be. I think it will be, man. I, I think it will be. I think Kobe will want it to be because Kobe wants to put himself back in that conversation. And by beating Woodley and beating Woodley well, he automatically puts himself back in for that, you know, people talking about, you know, fights going forward and stuff like that, you know? Definitely would do that, aye. 
What else, I mean, I was going to say what else in this card. Well, everything cool. else, mate. Everything, everything else on this card. There's literally not a fight on the main card that I am not absolutely buzzed out my boobies about. Honestly, mate, like it's it is ridiculous. Um, Cerrone Nico Price. I mean, that is just that's fire. That is just hopefully. hopefully if it's yeah. not Cerrone at Fort McGregor, hopefully it's not that one. Well, he's come back up to one seventy, mate. So you might find he's even more comfortable there. Although Nico Price is a natural one seventy, isn't he? And in fact, I think Nico Price is a lightweight. No, he's a welter. Oh, he's a welter. I said, looking back in Neil and Mean and stuff sorry, like that. Actually, it's uh, uh, this is going to be this is going to be lovely, mate. It's going to be a class fight. Um, Cerrone, Cerrone just threw in, didn't he? Yeah, oh, what they call him? Riot. Riot, Riot in Danger, man. What an absolute amazing names to have for your kid. What's your name, so, mate? Riot. Maybe that'll give him a bit of impetus. Obviously, after um, he had um, Danger, yeah. he had a couple of really good wins, being Alex Hernandez and Ali Quinta. Then since that, he's just been, he's lost to the who's who of the lightweight division, basically. So hopefully, yeah. maybe this will give him a bit more impetus to go put on a performance for Cerrone because everybody loves Cowboy. That's the thing. Everybody absolutely loves Cowboy. So hopefully, he puts on a performance for his mate. Hopefully. Here's hoping, mate. Here's hoping. I don't want to talk about the next fight. Why? No point. You sure? Positive. So you think Chimaev versus Damian Maia will happen, no matter what? No, I think Gerald Mercia versus Damian Maia will happen. Oh, that's fine, sorry. Chimaev's shite, mate. I think a lot of people are just expecting Chimaev to run through Mercia, but I think if Mercia turns up the way he has... A few, I think, was it not? Wasn't his last fight? I think he was shite in his last fight because um, he lost to Ian Heinish. But against Darren Wynn, against Trevin Giles, he was really good. Even against Eric Anders, I was surprised. It was a split decision loss in that fight as well, but he was really, really good. Um, obviously, lost Kevin Holland and Jack Hermanson. There's no shame in losing to A2 guys. But this is a tough fight for Chimaya. This is, oh, if Gerard's near shot turns up, this is a tough fight. Yeah, it's a very tough fight for him, but I just think the problem is Mearshart's good when he's got a hold of you, right? But he's, I just don't think he's going to get a hold of Chimaev. I really don't. That's the problem. I don't think he'll be able to hold him. I think a lot of this might be on the ground, to be fair. Obviously, they're both wrestlers, but I just, I'm just not that sure, to be honest. But I could be wrong. I'm buzzing for it anyway, mate. Either way, if Mirshir stops the Chimaev train, hype train, then class. And if Chimaev goes out and fucking sits in Mirshir and punches fuck out his face for three and a half class. minutes, then all good. So either way, this is class, mate. I don't really mind either way. I'd love us to like to see Jimmy. Nothing better than a prospect, mate. Gets to ten and zero and gets a title fight and then gets humped for the title. So there's nothing better than watching that. Um, I think you might see Izzy watching this with interest. Yeah, I think he'll be. I think he'll be kind of interested to see what this is. That's how this is going to go, aren't it? Exactly. Uh, um, I mean, look, look at the rest of it. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Kevin Hall and Darren Stewart's a class fight. I can't actually call that. But I was thinking about my picks earlier on for this weekend. I can't call that. Darren Marcos, maybe not. Maybe a wee bit more one sided. Um, Mark, what? Nothing. I was Marcos, just Marcos is very like grappling based, but Darren's like the jiu jitsu queen. So that's just not going to happen. Johnny Walker, Ryan Span. I mean, that's, that's a fire. massive fight for Johnny Walker, by the way. Oh, this is last two. This is Johnny Walker was one of these prospects. We're talking about him winning titles and all that. Obviously, two of the two losses, and 
Ryan Spann's on an absolute tear. He's won his last, what, six or seven at least. Yep. Um, his last loss was to Carl Robinson like three years ago. So this is massive for Jory Walker, I think. So it'll be interesting to see how this fight goes. I'm buzzing for Frank. It'll be an absolute beauty of a fight, hopefully. I agree, mate. I really do. Um, I mean, mate, honestly, we could literally talk about this forever. Mursad Begtich, Eduardo Garagori. I mean... What a fight that is. What, what a fight that is. <laughs> why is that? I know you keep saying the prelims need a headliner, but why is that not on pay-per-view? Like, people people should have to pay for that fight. The fact that people get that for free is ridiculous. It's not acceptable. Mate, it's an absolute cracker of a fight. I cannot wait for that either. That is just going to be sensational. I think, I think you kind of skipped over Kellen Hall and Darren Stewart. I think that's going to be an absolute beauty of a fight as well. I didn't. I said you couldn't pick who was going to win. Oh, I must have missed that, but I was reading something there, so I must have missed that. Oh, you were listening, yeah, ignorant bastard. My um, bad. No, I, I, I did talk about him briefly, I said I can't pick. I, I, I was looking through my picks this week, mate, and I just couldn't quite pick between them, to be honest. It's a difficult There's one. There's certain fights, I think, on this card to just go and go, uh, I might ask him, I might ask the missus to pick, because I just I, I just can't. I think I'd be shout. Like, Sony Price, Walker Span, Holland Stewart, Bechtage Garagori, um, even Andrew Gill, Evan Rivera later on. There's just guys there. You got. I've not got a Scooby who's got to win that fight. No matter who you you look at, you go fuck knows. Toss a coin. That's their toss a coin fights, and that shows you how good the matchmaking is. I agree. That's what you want, though. You want fights that are close and fights that you can't call because then you're going to get good fights. You know what I mean? Definitely, mate. Definitely. Um, What's this? What? Some good prelims on this as well, which yeah, is good. Good so. names fight each other. You know, there is like there's some good Randy Costa, Johnny Newson looks like a bit of class fight as well. Um TJ Laramie, I'm actually excited to see him. He's got a good record. Um apparently he's the number one ranked featherweight in all of Canada. So he's also just a baby. Um he's twenty two, so four fight win streak. I mean, fought in the contender series a few weeks ago, so I'm actually quite excited to see him, to be fair. Um there's there's some just some good stuff on this, mate. Most Tyson Nam's always exciting. Espinosa Devorak, two flyweights going at it, I think it'll be good as well. So nothing better than an Eastern Europe, this. an Eastern European, mate. As I said, Andre Rivera as well. I think that'll be an absolute beauty, I think. Jerome Jerome Rivera getting a quick turnaround. He fought in the contender series and obviously got a contract and has now he's fighting Tyson Nam. So there's loads and loads of good stuff, mate. It's 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 beautiful. It's a, it's a class card, man. I think it's, it's an early start again for us. Um, I think it's one o'clock the main card starts. Aye, so that's good. That's early for us. 5pm Eastern, so that's 10pm. The prelims will start here, which is good. So, again, it'll be definitely, it was like last weekend's card, it'll definitely be worth, it'll definitely worth staying up for. Um, says you. Can't wait. Mate, I've done about two and a half hours. I think I've done quite well. And I fell asleep. Yeah, but I did get up at seven o'clock this morning, so I kind of just as well I fell asleep at that point. Yeah, fair point. Alrighty, um, any news this week, Mister Morrison? Massive pieces, not really a lot. Um, probably the biggest news for us personally um, was Ross Houston versus finally getting his Bellator debut fight. He'll be fighting MVP. Um, not only will he be fighting MVP, he'll be fighting in the first major MMA event to take place in Paris, France. I just can't... Which I'm can't surprised be... the first to fight there. Well, I just can't believe they're, host, they're hosting it with no fans. Although, I know that's not what I heard. No, they're it's... getting some fans in. 
3,000, but I just don't know, man. I wonder if the UFC were maybe waiting until they could pack out an arena, a 20,000, a 14, 15,000, because yeah. easily, man, you could easily pack out a 25,000 state, like, not stadium, arena in France, man. They've been waiting so long for it. Imagine putting Big Frank as the headliner on a card in France, mate. The place would go fucking mental. Um, I'm just gutted that France has happened now and they couldn't have waited a year and then we could have maybe made, made the trip, to be honest, um, and do our usual recording in the airport kind of part. Um, yeah, but Listen, I'm buzzing that they're breaking into France. It's handy for us because it's close, so if it becomes a big market, which it seems to be, there's a lot of good French-based fighters, um, even in cage warriors and stuff like that. Um, it's it's class, mate. So, yeah, exciting. It's buzzing for Ross Houston. Tough fight. Um, nothing very, like very it. tough fight, but I think I think we were speaking about this through the week. I think if we can keep MVP against the cage and maybe stop him using his range and make it a dirty boxing match as such, I think that's the only way I can see Ross Houston winning that's because MVP kind of takes people apart with his distance. This will, I think that'll be, it'll be a really massive challenge for him. This will give us an idea of where exactly Ross Houston is in terms of that Bellator, you know, div- like welterweight division because MVP was, you know, close to maybe getting a shot and then Dougie Lima sparked him. Wait, was that for the title? No, that was before Dougie won it, wasn't no, it? That was before Dougie won it. Aye, that so, was like an eliminator, title eliminator. Almost, you see how close he was. You know, he fought Dougie Lima, and you know it was, it was that's just the level that even BP's at. So this will give us a good idea of where Ross is. See, to be honest, man, I hope Ross goes out and smacks fuck so it. Yeah, I hate MVP and I love Ross Houston. Um, so yeah, buzzing man. I hope that I can't wait. I hope the other Scottish boys. Cause I know Chris Bungard and Chris Duncan both announced that they had fights with Bellator. So I'm kind of hoping that they're going to be on that card and make it a proper good, a proper good pa- Scottish night. That might be an empty. You've got a Paris card in France, and you've got Milan as well coming up. Milan's, Milan's in two weeks. Yeah, but they've got another Milan card in late right. October as well. There's like two Milan cards in like six weeks or something. Like. All right. Uh, okay. So well, hopefully they're all hopefully they're on the same card as Houston, and maybe we could make a night of it if there's if there's three Scottish boys. We can maybe. So I just hope it's a decent time for us as well. We should be good. Hopefully, but then you just don't know. You just Hopefully. never know, mate. Well, if you're going to put, surely if we're going to put like fans in the crowd as well, and I don't think the French would be too happy turning up at six in the morning to go and fucking sit and watch some Bellator event. Do you know what I mean? But um, the headliner for that obviously was Shake Congo versus Jim Johnson. Not really a massive fight. Obviously, Shake Congo's going to be massive in France, so um, that's obviously the reason why they're doing that. But um, you'd imagine Shake will come through that in the end. There was some other fights announced by Bellator. I think I think most of these were kind of known, like Paul Daly versus Derek Anderson. I think we knew that was happening. Um, did you know? I didn't. Okay, well, I, I, I you probably weren't listening to me. Um, it's October first. That's Bellator two four seven in Milan. So, mm-hmm. um, that's happening there. Chris Cyborg is fighting a punch bag. Um, Arlene Blinko. <laughs> <laughs> a punch bag, classmate. Class. I don't even know I've never heard of Arlene Blake. I feel bad saying that, but I ain't got a stupid who she is. So I don't know how that. I, 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 oh, I don't know how it's going to go. Chris Ivor's going to go and fucking steamroller down to the ground. Mate, have you seen Arlene Blanco's nickname? No, what is that? Anger Fist. And a record? Uh, 12 and 13 and 7. Not bad, I suppose. He's on the back of three wins, mate. At Bellator, she beat Leslie Smith, Manda Bell, Amber Leebrock. You know, she lost a split decision to Julia Budd. She's beat Sinead Kavanagh. She's obviously got a wee bit of, a wee bit of something about her, mate, to be honest. 
Yeah, but this is Chris Cyborg. Yeah, I know that's true. I know. I'm just saying, like, it's no, <laughs> it's not as if she's a novde, mate. There's, there's a wee bit of something there, you know. Oh, I know. Good luck to her. That's what I'm saying. Good luck to her. <laughs> hey, what's, what else? Come on. Um, also, we kind of knew Masasi Dugalima was happening for the one eight five. We finally got a date for that, twenty eighth October. Okay. So, um, Delta two fifty. So that'll be a cracker, I think. Um, well, so we got a couple of UFC fight announcements: Carlos Barza versus Amanda Rebas. Um, finally get to see Rachel Ostovich back in after a re um, a reband she had. Uh, she's fighting Gina Mazzani. I should have six month ban or something. Like that. But it got announced like four and a half months into the fact that she was banned. Can't remember what it was for. It was some sort of narcotic, shall we say? Mate, I didn't know Gegard Masasi was fighting Dugulima for the middleweight belt. How did you not know that? You don't go through these. You haven't told me these, mate. I would remember that. That's a class fight. That's a stylistic, amazing fight, mate. That's I'm sure amazing. I, well, I'm sure I announced this on the show. Well, if any of our listeners can tell us, please do pull me up because I don't remember. That's I'm a class sure fight. I'm sure we, I'm sure I announced that. I'm raging, by the way. You fucking know listen to me, you dick. Okay, continue. Um, what was I saying? So, I suppose Ariba, Sostevich, Masani. Um, my man Zaleski's back. He's fighting Shavkat Arakmanov. Well, let's, um, wait till yeah. I, let's wait till it happens because he's got a bad habit of dropping out. Well, that's supposed to be UFC 254, so um, when's that? When's 254 again? It's the one after Costa, so that's uh, Khabib. Khabib. Uh, well, that makes sense, because... <laughs> I'm buzzing for Khabib, man. I'm absolutely buzzing. Uh, we'll get to that in a sec. In fact, well, while we're on 254, obviously, uh, it looks like Dustin Poirier will definitely no longer fight Tony Ferguson, which is a massive disappointment for absolutely everybody. Because it looks like Poirier wanted a wee bit more money and never got it. Money grabbing bastard. I think it's a bit harsh. I do get the guys need paid. You know, and he's a top level fighter. He's top three in the world. I totally get that, mate. I fully appreciate that. Top four in the world. But, man, that's a fight. And that's a fight for the fans. Just fucking sign a contract, man. How far away would that have been, realistically? It's not going to be far away. Just sign the contract. But, hey, listen, fair play to Dustin. Got to take his time and get the right deal I would still more than happily see Dan Hooker get smashed by Tony Ferguson so well that's all I should really say to you do you think you'll fight now because Tony Ferguson will be on that card it's got to be Dan Hooker it can't be anybody else I don't think Charles Oliveira Oliveira yeah because the Charles Oliveira versus Daniel Barriouche got canned so that could be an option so, so they were supposed to fight and that got canned a couple of weeks back um, I think Darius pulled out so, I just don't come on. Charles Levera yeah. versus Tony Ferguson. Oh, for me, class. I love, I love Cowboy. Eh, no, that's not Cowboy. I love Charles Levera. Um, that'd be class. It's the, it's the, the Brazilian aspect of Oliveira as well. It might be actually, it sounds stupid. It might be easier for him to get to Dubai or Abu Dhabi than it is to get to America with yeah. the restrictions and stuff like that just now. So, possibly that could set it up as well. But, um, well, it was duty fight, wasn't it? It was duty fight anyway. Yeah. So, so could... I'd imagine he'll be in camp at some point anyway if he's no, not in camp now. So, um, if a crack yeah. fight get made out of there because lightweight division, Tony Ferguson will be fighting a bum, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, well, they're not going to, they're not going to make that. Charles Oliveira's based in Texas, so it wouldn't be an issue for that, to be honest. But he was due to fight in the third, he was due to fight in the third of October. So, 
I think third of October would have been Fight Island anyway, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, fuck it, man. Get him on the card. If Oliveira versus Tony Figgins would be cool. Imagine Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu versus 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, here we go. That'll be interesting, man. Uh, um, last one. Beth Correa announced his retirement fight. Um, she's retiring 5th of December. Uh, Yanan Wu, I, can't, I, I think we've seen her before, but I can't actually remember the bonus. Who? Yanan Wu. Yeah, I've seen Yanan Wu, yeah. Uh, I thought so, but I can't remember. Uh, it's Chinese, so that's terrifying. That's a retirement fight, December 5th. So. That's a lot for this evening, my man. Fantastic. So, there's one other major bit of stuff we haven't talked about, and it's probably the biggest thing on the whole show, and we've just totally kind of scooted over the top of it. What? It's our two-year anniversary, mate. Fuck's sake. Our very first episode was posted two years ago yesterday, so probably recorded two years ago on the 11th, I think it was, or the 10th. So we're two years, two years old, mate. Mental, man. Mental, we're still going after two years, ain't you? No, it's good, man. It's a nice feeling. I just, I, I don't know what we can add. I just realised that I was like, oh, wait a minute. I'm pretty sure it was around about the second weekend in September that we started this. Um, 83 episodes later, mate. Like, who honestly thought we'd still be doing it? I thought this would be one of these things you and I do. A wee bit of a fad, you know, do it for a couple of weeks and then get bored. But two years, man, that's mental. It's good fun, mate. People listen to it. People watch. So that's the main thing. People are listening yeah. to it. So keep doing it. Obviously, people like it, mate, and they listen so every week. So, hey ho. Right, guys, thank you as always for listening. We do appreciate it. Seeing those listens tick up over the week, it really, it genuinely, genuinely does make my week. Like, I'm no lying. Like, um, not that I've got a boring life or anything like that, or nothing to look forward to, but it does genuinely make me happy that people listen to this. Um, if you listen, give us a shout. Let us know. Very much appreciate it. Um, get us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Inside Cage MMA. Um, and have a good one, and we'll catch you next week.